Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is Olive Magazine podcast, a weekly roundup of food and drink chat brought to you by the team behind Olive Magazine, and this is episode 146. I'm Janine, Olive's food director and podcast host. This week we're finding all about Caribbean cooking from the guys behind Island Social Club. Ellie Edwards goes to meet owners Marie and Joseph to hear about how they are reviving classics like roti and curry mutton, as well as some lesser known ital and vegan dishes. They talk about the importance of creating a space that celebrates their Caribbean heritage and culture, and we also get a fascinating lesson on the principles of making rum punch from Joseph. It's a great episode, so let's have a listen. Hello, and I'm here today with Marie and Joseph, founders of Island Social Club, which is a nightly combo of rum and roti with an aim of rerouting British Caribbean culture in Hackney. So alongside a feast of curry mutton, jerk spice jackfruit and griddled plantain, you're also running some other supper clubs, which we're going to find out a bit more about later. But to start off with, previous to your 12-month residency here, um, you're best known for Rum Shop, Roti Shop and Pop's Kitchen. So what inspired you to start this pop-up? I suppose if there's a lack of rum that represents the rum experience you get in the Caribbean in England, then there's probably a lack of a certain type of culture as well. So I suppose while we were focused on rum at the beginning... Um, we then quickly realised that we had a lot to say about uh, the culture that we knew and experienced and also the, the culture we experienced back at home. I also think the reason why this came about or we were looking for something more permanent was um, due to the fact that we realised people wanted to engage with Island Social Club on a more regular basis or when when they could. And when hosting the pop-ups, we didn't give people the availability, obviously, because, you know, it's one night or maybe two nights, whereas we, we thought the time was now to kind of... And you have the interest for people to yeah, want to book in and come, yeah. yeah. So um, you kind of, you talk about how there was the void left by that erosion of London's once thriving Caribbean kind of social scene. When did that kind of start to go into decline? Um, in the early 90s. Okay. So we, when we first were researching why we wanted to do this and what message we wanted to give out, we spoke to um, one of my aunties, uh, our old business partner's mum, in fact, and and she um, she just had so many stories and anecdotes about her nightlife Caribbean experience, and that is something so alien. Like mm. like every you know, I think same for Marie. Our our, our experience of you know of uh, social culture and the UK is kind of very multicultural and mixed and kind of actually quite American sometimes as mm. well to do with music. But she has, she could list, she actually has listed, I have a spreadsheet of 50 different Caribbean or reggae-focused clubs 
and what? social spaces that existed in London, eighties and nineties, just in London. Wow! And they, you know, she she raved in London. Yeah, she still raves now. <laughs> There's no stopping her. Yeah, yeah. She doesn't drink. She says until nine in the morning. It's crazy. <laughs> it's amazing. Wow, that's commitment. What's her secret? Hey? Yeah, <laughs> let's find that out. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so. I thought that was a shame and something, you know, when you talk about Caribbean culture, you always talk about intergenerationality, right? That's not a word, but <laughs> you but th- th- you realise that my, my British Caribbean experience is a lot different from the previous generations. Mm. And in terms of what we're doing, it's to do with the social spaces that existed, for us at least. I'm sure there are certain Caribbean spaces that we don't go to, but for us, me and Marie... And our friends and people we spoke to, similarly, it's definitely a void. Yeah, I will agree. And I think what the feedback we've been getting since opening the space is that you either kind of have spaces that cater to kind of that more exclusive upmarket level, or you have spaces or places you can go that's quick, easy takeaways, but there yeah. isn't somewhere that kind of has us in between. That balances. Exactly, yeah. where you can go, you can have a nice meal, you can sit down, you can have a conversation, you can have some nice drinks, but that it without it kind of feeling too formal. Yeah. So it's just a genuine, comfortable social space where you can relax and be yourself and you can engage with people who want to understand, who want to experience, who want to sample our Caribbean culture through you know the British lens that we mm. that's that's how we, we grew up in the UK so yeah. um for I think what we can see at the moment is that there is a void and that we are hopefully trying to it. fill yeah. that yeah absolutely <laughs> exactly. and so like you just mentioned then a big part of it is coming here with friends with family having a meal sitting down taking that time why do you think it is that food brings people together in that way I think on many levels there's something so celebratory about food but it's also that it's something that we can all identify with mm. like we all have to eat yeah. um, on a basic level it's for survival mm. but within that you can learn so much about a culture through how they engage or how they use food and particularly in the Caribbean, it is really celebratory. And I think, yeah. um, I was thinking about this the other day, and I think a lot of it stems from there would be times, particularly, you know, when my parents emigrated here and their their parents, you wouldn't have a lot of money, but you can do so much with food. And it doesn't mm-hmm. mean you have to have lots of it or for it to be particularly expensive. But what you do is you, you it's a way in which you can, you can show people appreciation. You can show people love by cooking a really lovely meal. And I think that's why... It's so important that people can come here and do that because then it's our way of kind of showing this is our love and appreciation of the culture that we're learning about continuously yeah. and we can then share that with people that come yeah. in. Yeah, and help other people learn. That sounds a bit preachy, but teach yeah. other people a bit about yeah. it as well that they yeah. might have not tried before. Exactly, and it's and it's and it and it goes both ways. Like for us, we're doing this so we can discover more of our Caribbean culture. Mm. Um, and so the more we research, the more we understand by having people come in they can then tell us about things that they know about yeah you know and we're not saying yeah exactly people that have experienced caribbean culture in the caribbean you know we are it's so important because the whole point is we're creating a dialogue yeah 
And by creating the dialogue, it means we're involved in a conversation. And that goes both ways. It's not for us to basically say that we're dictating how mm. it should be. We're creating experience and what something that we were craving. And with doing that, then hopefully we can understand what other people are looking for and work with that. Together, yeah. yeah. And so, um, like you said, you're just taking your interpretation of the cuisine and so it is kind of modern caribbean dishes that you're creating so we've got cornbread with sweet chili jam jerk spice jackfruit and of course the rotis um, <laughs> but they are they traditional family recipes that you you had and that have been passed on or are they just recipes that you've worked on yourself so some recipes i'd say come uh, influence from family mm. others are from research, um, from books, from TV shows, from the internet, from just being engaging and having conversations with the community and taking that. I think the, the, the base point is always kind of looking at a particular subject and then from there absorbing the information around it, however it comes in, and then basically finding our way in which to be able to t interpret that. Yeah. Um, so I think it, it's from all, like we're, we're influenced everywhere. Yeah. And Again, that, that's why I think we kind of talk about it being like modern British Caribbean food because mm. it's also understanding, you know, a big way in which I like to be able to cook is to try and find ways in which to lighten food. And that's not because I think everything shouldn't, like nothing should be indulgent. That's not it at all. I just think there are sometimes ways in which you can be able to make something a bit more conscious or conscientiously yeah, and still have that kind of indulgence and flavour and excitement yeah. within it. yeah. And so how do you think um, Caribbean food um, has changed in recent years from your, your view? I think a big thing is there is a greater influx of chefs or people cooking who are focusing more on vegetables. Yes. And yeah. not necessarily having meat. I mean, veganism has existed yeah. for a very long, yeah. way before the term. It's not new. No. <laughs> Um, but I think more people are becoming more conscious of the fact that we need to, we have, we have to do things to, to, to work with what, <laughs> what you yeah. know, the situation mm -hmm. we're in. And I think within that, they're then, they're people are just more interested in trying to experiment and trying to understand mm. and use different ways in which to apply Caribbean cooking, but to vegetables. Yeah. I think it's like a generational thing as well. Yeah. I think um, our generation is more assimilated into uh, British culture. So therefore, mm. we are um, more likely to be, react to trends and social and uh, everything that's going on in the wider community. So if veganism is a big thing, then then it's we're more, we have more access to... Um, uh, starting businesses that are vegan. And yeah. maybe, you know, we had had uh you know people in the caribbean community had friends who uh were you know uh i don't know they had more more attachment to the let me how, how do i put this correctly i'm trying to say that um you know our pet parents generation maybe um were more secular and yeah. um therefore you know, even if there was a big vegan craze or whatever, then they wouldn't necessarily attach themselves to it or mm. become involved in it necessarily. But um, I suppose this generation is more able, more wanting, wanting to do that, yeah. maybe feeling more free to do that. Mm. Um, and, you know, this is a, it is a sign of the times that, and if you look at all the new Caribbean pop-ups and restaurants and 
things that are happening, they are very diverse yeah. and very not not homogenized into mm. one single Caribbean identity. Whereas and if you look at um, the type of establishments or the projects around food from the Carib British Caribbean community of the previous generation, mm. then you, it, it's, a, it's very, very much kind of like... In, not very much, but could be argued to be quite singular. Not singular, but often confused with just being Jamaican. Yeah. And just take, just maybe confused with takeaway fast food, mm. fast dish food. Um, although if they're carrying food, is not fast. No, it's no, very, <laughs> it takes it's a long slow, time. Yeah. yeah, but I, yeah, it's the idea that there was only kind of one type of it almost. But now there's the place and the the desire for lots of different types of. Yeah. Caribbean, isn't yeah. there? You can name like, you know, I we're obviously we're in the industry, so mm. I've done we've done a lot of research about what who and who is doing what, and we have friends doing stuff, and so yeah. we have access to it. But if you, it wouldn't be very hard to find, you know, ten different styles of Caribbean food that you can go out and eat right now, yeah, today, if you wanted to. Um, whether that being different types of restaurants from different islands, focusing on different styles of um, cuisine, whether that's Indo-Caribbean or Jamaican or um, even uh, Creole French style, yeah. uh, you can go and get roti or rice and peas or jerk or and or Creole Creole spices. Something focused more on fish, mm. juice bars. Yeah. Like it's, it's not limited it's really at all. diverse and that's kind of one of our biggest motivations is like to celebrate the diversity because um well I, personally i think one of the problems in this world is that we we tend to um put a lot of culture into under single umbrellas yeah and we don't spend the time getting to know the differences between them and if yeah. you, you know i you can call me a caribbean british caribbean person we do mm. that as a as an easy reference, but you know, essentially, I'm British Grenadian. My dad's from Grenada. I, I make rum punch differently from someone from from uh, Jamaica. Therefore, my Caribbean, my island social club, British mm. Caribbean, is actually, you know, essentially very influenced by Grenada. Yeah. Very influenced by Jamaica because Marie's Jamaican, and then we're we're taking lots of different influences from everywhere else. But it's um, you could easily call it a Grenadian Jamaican environment. Uh, yeah. If it. If it was, but we're trying to do something a bit wider than that and a bit more in inclusive. Yeah. And um, so we mentioned, uh, you mentioned about the rum punches there and you are uh, the rum, the rum king. We're going to go with that. <laughs> um, how did you get into rum or where did your, where did your, not, I won't say obsession, but your like passion for rum come from? I think it grew. It started very small. And uh, like I said before, it was out of a desire to, access um the rum i tried and had in grenada but as soon as you start i started to look into it and experimenting and getting involved in the scene you can there's incredible diversity within the mm. category um and actually people you know people now saying it's the widest most diverse category of all spirits yeah. ever um that's for two reasons because there's no regulation on the production generally. Okay. Um, and so if you've got things like um, whiskies, there are certain categories and certain production methods of which you certain have to adhere, have but yeah, yeah, yeah. otherwise not whiskey. Same with wines and, you know, but yeah. sparklings and yeah. whatever. Um, but rum, there is almost no regulation, so it, it leads to creative, a creative broad breadth of, yeah. of, uh, of products. And 
also because rum tells the story of colonial past, mm. then you have Spanish style rums, you have English style rums, you have um, French style rums. French style rums have a different raw material than English style rums, are being uh, cane juice uh, fermented rather than molasses fermented. Um, and then you're not even talking about ages. You know, you can have aged French agricultural rum or you can have aged Jamaican rum. Yeah. Jamaican rums are generally more funky than uh, <laughs> any other rum because they use dunder pits. And dunder wow. Pits. Dunder pits is a form of ferment wild fermentation that often include things like goat's heads. Wow. So, it's interesting. So, to, to make a, a rum, you ferment a, a liquid, it being molasses, mm -hmm. generally in Jamaica, maybe some sugarcane juice as well, and then you need to ferment it. So, you, to help the fermentation, you add this dunder, and dunder is a, basically a pit in outside, yeah. so it ferments really quickly, and you add okay. old, um, old fermented washes and bananas and stuff like this, to get the ferment, and then you add some of that to ferment. And then that creates, when, you, when people think about rum generally, they're probably thinking about um, Jamaican rum and they're thinking about the smells and that, yeah. kind of, that thing that hits you, that I kind can of funkiness yeah. <laughs> is what mm. we, that's, how, that's why people describe Jamaican rum as funky. But um. <laughs> Sounds pretty funky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what, um, like rum punches are your kind of like standard offering, aren't they? The cocktail that yeah. you do. So, yeah, go on. No, I was just going to say, yeah, What talk us through a bit about them or what you do with them. Um, I think, as my dad says, mm. so dad, my dad is who taught me the, the, the principles of rum punch. And okay. Of course, when learning from your parents uh, and your grandparents, you know that, that ingre uh, ingredients and measure is not something that they no. are willing to pass <laughs> down. Flowing. When my dad comes over for some parties, because he lives in Grenada now, he basically gets one of those plastic, um, you know, storage yeah. uh, boxes and then just starts going, just pour just it. swirling it just around. swirling <laughs> bottles, Amazing. eight bottles of rum. Eight. I'm like, Dad, what are you doing? Let me, no I'm regulation. Legitimately, I sit there with a pen saying, one <laughs> bottle, <laughs> two bottles, three bottles. Another. Um, but it is an art. But uh, essentially, you need to taste the rum first. Yep. Rum punch. This is what any most Caribbean people will say to you about rum punch. Rum punch mm -hmm. and then uh it's a, then it's about balance from there so you balance the lime and sugar and essentially the main the star of the show funnily enough is the is the nutmeg okay without, without freshly getting nutmeg it's not a rum punch and that's in every every rum punch has to have that well there you go okay there we go um definitely in grenada that mm. is what you would do and probably places like trinidad um, every island has their different version of rum yeah. punch. But as, as I said here, it's like, this is very much our interpretation. Mm, yeah, yeah. And when we would make them, we would always have fruits. Yeah. You'd see, always have to have fruit in your rum See, punch. that's, I always think rum punch, I think pineapple, that's probably way off. But yeah, that's, I always think of a more fruitier one, but then spices. Mm. Yeah, this is, there is, I mean, the, the, essentially our rum punch is the rum lime, mm. your choice of fruit juice, yeah. bitters, um, and what am I missing? And then your, <laughs> and then your nutmeg. Yeah, <laughs> nutmeg. And then your nutmeg. But, um, and yeah, we use an overproof rum that we import from Grenada. Sugar syrup. Sugar syrup. Sugar. 
vital little part there. (laughs) Otherwise, it's going to be pretty punchy. Um, It is a rum punch. So, um, (laughs) um, so you're also doing supper clubs, aren't you? And you're doing one on the 4th of April. Can you talk us a bit about that? Uh, Nyaming, it's our... It's essentially, it's a deep investigation into Caribbean cuisine. So we uh, started it because we really wanted to find a way in which to get a greater understanding as to how Caribbean food came to be Caribbean food. And it was also an opportunity to explore the nuances of the Caribbean. And so our previous two episodes have um, collaborated with... um, first a West African chef that uh, was mostly kind of Nigerian-based food, Lope Areo. I think that's how I say it correctly. <laughs> we'll go with that. And then we collaborated with um, Nima Owenatu. Owino. Owino. See, I get it wrong every time. See, I get it <laughs> right fine. now. Then. <laughs> Joe's making me get it right. Um, and that was, she's a Sierra Leone and Liberian chef. And uh, the one we're doing on the 4th is with Danae Moore of Dee's Table. And that is uh, going to be a kind of pure Jamaican Itaw um, supper club. So we wanted to have a look at, because I think we were curious about veganism Mm. and how other places it's existed in various forms for, I mean far beyond hundreds yeah Yeah. exactly um but a form of it in the caribbean is itaw which is stems from the rastafarian religion and we wanted to have a look at what that was um and so we collaborated we're collaborating with danae and we're looking at the way in which they're what what it means in terms of for me i kind of i the way i'm way i'm interpreting it in some ways is kind of like a a very pure form of sustainability and mm. understanding of eating what's around you and making the most of exactly yeah. eating from the ground and pure, more purely and there you know there's a strong belief that eating raw fruits and vegetables or things that aren't heavily processed your food has a much higher vibration and it gives you just much more energy and obviously it's good for you it's good for your body it's good for your soul it's good for your mind food that more processed obviously isn't because which makes sense to yeah. you as the as you process the food it's just gonna add exactly. stuff in. Yeah, yeah exactly i know when you say it like this it sounds it makes complete simple sense. doesn't it yeah. like, well we're all doing this <laughs> exactly <laughs> um and that's and so it's looking at that and it's looking at this idea of you know there's no dogma there's no kind of stipulations there people and people engage in it how they choose to engage in it so there are ways in which if you're more pure you you know you don't really cook your food that much you do have you don't add mm. things like salt uh, it's about what's naturally around you and yeah. using it house. You know, if you have a spice, it's because of the fact that it's dried or you put it in fresh. It's not necessarily creating a process. Yeah. And the process comes within just natural ways of cooking. So, yeah, that's on th- uh, when, oh, sorry, the fourth. Oh. And yeah, I was going to say, will you be doing some? I think we might do yeah. a second because there's some stuff coming up that will be a good opportunity to do it again. Look out for that. So mm, <laughs> exciting. Yeah. But it was it was it was started as a way in which f- for us to a, a really pure um form or investigation for us to be able to understand our Caribbean culture. Yeah. And a way for you to yeah, learn more about it as well. Yeah, exactly. Because it's I mean the, the, 
the, with Caribbean culture, the food is steeped in history mm. and it's an amalgamation of so many different cultures worth of food. And, you know, I was talking to someone the other day and in Dominican, they, they, there's lots of noodles. Oh, really? Which I had no idea about. And no. like, these are things that you're constantly discovering and yeah. I'm curious as to why, you know, was there, a, you know, the reason why we know that in Trinidad and Tobago and places like Guyana, there's, there was the indentured laborers or that came from India and that's yeah. why there's a massive Indian community Indian. there and that's the influences in the food and you know I just I, we want to understand that in a in a far greater sense and yamming's an opportunity to do that yeah yeah you can like eat, go into even the ingredients like how did they get to the Caribbean like how did cassava get to the Caribbean why what who brought them with, who brought it with them why did they bring it with them yeah and often you know a lot you know the Caribbean was the first kind of um uh, globalized nation where lots of different nationalities lived together for a long time okay. because of the transatlantic slave trade. It brought Europeans, Africans, and um, and then the and then American, you know, yeah, and yeah. indigenous Americans to the, into the same place. So there, you got this hot, this melting pot of culture mm. and cuisines. Yeah, all come together because you you know you've got colonialist like uh, French. Uh, Dutch, British cuisines and influences into then African traditional uh, uh, ways of cooking and, and cultivating, and then of course you've got you know the 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 raw material, the vegetables, the, what was growing in the Caribbean already, and that was and what the Arawaks and the uh, uh, Caribs mm. used to you know how did they cultivate and use their the land and cook with it? And it's actually you know things that you would consider as Caribbean actually, you know, were brought over yeah. during the it's 1600s. It's not actually yeah. Caribbean, yeah. yeah. Like, you know, the way in which we, we in, as in Caribbeans, might utilise mm. that that ingredient versus how it would have been used, particularly a lot of the time in, in West Africa, yeah. yeah. And, you know, the reason why we have saltfish is because it was just a way in which to preserve the fish yeah. and yeah. yet still... Keep it going. Exactly. And so it's, 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 it's a really beautiful way to kind of understand that and get yeah. a, a greater sense of why in which, how we have this beautiful, wonderful varied cuisine and also to help and also for other people to then yeah. learn along with you about exactly. it exactly amazing well thank you both so much and if you want to uh yeah if you want to come and try out the food you can book you can go to island social club online yes Just google islandsocialclub.com yes. and book yourself a table it's wednesday till wednesday to saturday nights yes with some yeah. scope to with tuesdays coming soon <laughs> Joseph's yeah book, <laughs> booking recommended if yes. you want to get yourself some of those rum punches so yeah <laughs> thank you so much you're welcome thank you so that was the Olive Magazine podcast if you like this episode please head over to iTunes and leave a review for us we'd love to hear from you if you'd like to find out more information on things in this episode you can visit our website olivemagazine.com you can pick up a copy of our Easter issue on the newsstand there or go and download the app version Bye for now and we'll be back next week with more food and drink chat. <laughs>